welcome to the To Our Gathered Catholic Podcast with me, Father Rob Kroll, and my good friend, Mr. Jim Fellows. Hello, Jim. Hey, Father. How you doing? Well, for kind of a dreary Monday here in Milwaukee, I'm actually doing pretty darn well. This is like the fifth time I've asked you because I keep on screwing up the intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Nobody's perfect. We're live now, though. We're, okay. we're working it. Excellent. Excellent. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm my tired. weekend. <laughs> You're tired. We're talking over each other today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I had to take a little nap uh, midday just to kind of push through the rest of the day. The weekend was pretty good, although I was hoping that uh, Novak Djokovic would win the U.S. Open tennis yesterday and in doing so win all four major tennis tournaments in one calendar year, which is uh, called the Grand Slam. Only one other man has done that since 1968. So he ended up losing. It was a, it, he just wasn't him. He wasn't playing his normal level of ability, but uh mm. Nonetheless, I, I enjoyed watching the tennis yesterday. Who's the guy who won the Grand Slam? Uh, his name is Rod Laver. And in fact, he won it in 1969, and he was there in the audience, um, and just a really classy guy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually hoped that Djokovic uh, you know, equaled his feat, but uh, it didn't happen. So. No, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. But. <sighs> yeah. Right. So uh, what are we going to chat about on this podcast? Well, let's, uh, you know, nobody cares what I did this weekend. That's fine. Um, <laughs> perfectly, perfectly, and I didn't. Jim, what did you do? Didn't this do week? anything this didn't, weekend. Uh, oh, that's why I didn't ask. I know you, you, yeah, you were just probably hanging out. No, I saw, uh, Jen and I went out and we saw some friends of mine from high school. Mm -hmm. And we sat around a bonfire and we were playing guitar. And there was, um, uh, my friend's son had a buddy come over who played guitar Mm -hmm. And so we were all taking turns playing guitar and nice. seventeen year old kids playing. It was really good. Excellent. And then you know, we got up and at the end of the evening and we went up and to leave and he, he comes up and he shakes my hand. And he goes, like, Man, you were really fantastic on guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember those days, you know, it's and they still <laughs> happen to me, where you run into somebody who does stuff that uh, yeah. you have yet to accomplish on guitar. So that was kinda that was kinda fun. Do you actually, I don't even know, do you still play publicly? You used to play concerts. I did before the plague. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't, uh, I, I really haven't played much. I used okay. to play for church all the time, but yeah. the church that we go to now um, doesn't really do music. Oh, so, yeah. Um, which is interesting, but it's, yes. you know, it's, we're there for the Eucharist, so mm -hmm. that's the big deal. Anyway, um, but I need to I need to practice more guitar. I was, yeah. I was very embarrassed by some of the songs that I forgot <laughs> when I was playing on Friday. Um, but uh, today, what what are we talking about today? Yeah, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I'd like us to kind of cover um, our first our first impressions of our journey to the consecration to the Blessed Mother. Uh -huh. we, yep. We're in it uh, about a week now. I didn't read today's yet, but uh, we're a little over. What yeah, we, we're almost. We're almost. Uh, yeah, we are. It was a week. A uh, week ago, Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm enjoying it myself. You know, I find that um, I have to be honest. I, I don't find Father Gately's like um, writing style all that helpful. It's kind of chatty and, and I just find it a little bit grating, but 
the content is quite good. I mean, he's highlighting some things that I don't often think about when it comes to uh, some of the saints. He's he's basically spending a week on four different saints. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, St. Louis de Montfort, who's kind of the main um, Marian consecration uh, saint, and he started with him, and now we're into Maximilian Kolbe, uh, who's always a great, uh, inspiring figure. And then he'll move into Mother Teresa, and then finally John Paul II. But um, just, yeah, talking about our Blessed Mother in, in some ways that I haven't really thought about at least not recently. And um, especially, you know, he's encouraging us in this consecration to kind of give everything over to Mary. I mean, like, you know, I don't think about the fact that my own prayers and my own good works, you know, kind of, um, they bring about certain merits for me. And he's encouraging us to give those merits and graces and everything that we have, all of our spiritual fruit to basically hand it over to Mary and then trust that she will, kind of use it for the in the best way possible for the people that need it the most. And so we still are encouraged to pray for people, you know, that we love and know, but, but I, I guess it's kind of an interesting uh, invitation that I'm pondering is how, how do I keep giving all that I am and have over to uh, our blessed mother and kind of, you know, let that be a way of um, surrendering myself to her more deeply. So. Well, and the, 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 the freaky part or at least it freaked me out. He's like, and if you do it correctly, <laughs> when you stand before God, you're not going to have anything to show him. Right. You have nothing to show to God for what you've done. And right. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's a little scary. <laughs> that's, that's a little daunting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do for me, Jim? <laughs> nothing. Nada. <laughs> but... But but it's a paradox because in giving it all over to Mary, she multiplies it, and so right. you know you know it's much greater than we would have had just on our own. So I mean, you know, as is often the case, uh, it's a we we live a paradoxical faith. You know, uh, it's in dying that we live. You know, it's in blah blah blah. So yeah, this is another example I think of that kind of paradoxical thing. The more we give away to Mary, the more we actually receive and. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts? And I mean, I'm open to it. You're just yeah. going to give everything to the Blessed Mother, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. <clears throat> that's uh, that's going to be a bit of a struggle against uh, my uh, OCD and my wanting to control <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, and but then I was thinking about it, and it's like, well, you can either give everything over to Mary and not have anything to show for yourself, mm -hmm. or you cannot do that. And really, not have that much to show for yourself. <laughs> right, right. So I'm so. like, this sounds like a better, you know, this sounds like a better route <laughs> a here. A little better deal. Yeah. You know, you just kind of made a pun a minute ago because you said you're OCD. Yeah. Well, you yeah. said you're OCD. And we're going to talk about a saint today who's a Carmelite and her initials after her name are OCD. Did you plan that? I didn't. Oh, I well, had no very idea fortuitous. That, that anything that's. Um, <laughs> Charming or witty coming out of my mouth is purely by accident. Oh, yeah, well, maybe this time, most of the time. Well, today, definitely today. All right, all right, definitely today. Okay. So uh, that sounds like a lead into what? Oh, we're it's kind of a good about. segue if you want to pick up on it. Yeah. If you guys want to, you can still, you know, oh, yeah, join us in the consecration. Right. Enjoy, you know, get into the consecration. I got to tell you, um, I agree with you what you're saying about his writing style. What I do like about it mm -hmm. is that, um, 
like I, I love doing the consecration to St. Joseph, yes. but some of the days I, I think were like 37 chapters long. <laughs> right. And, yeah, these, and, these uh, are very bite-sized, you know. Yes. Portions, Father Gately right? writes things and it's like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's done for the day. Right. <laughs> so, so well, it's and not, I think he's keeps, he keeps it short because he knows that he wants, I mean, he's really encouraging us to like have some time to, meditate on it as opposed to spending all your time just reading, you know, right. so that's good. Well, you know, I, I get that. It's just, uh, I'm just saying that I'm enjoying, yeah. Yeah. um, that part of his writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, it's good. It's good. And uh, I, I kind of like the variety too. I like the fact that he spends a week on four different saints. So oh, I love exposed that. to kind of their, their uh, perspective on Mary. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I just, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but today, um, we were going to talk about, we are going to talk about um, St. Miriam of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And I honest, honestly, I don't know why we're talking about her today. Like, <laughs> like, she has come up in my radar. She was coming up in my radar like multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never heard of her before. Um, I well, had, when did she I first had, come up for you? Like probably three, four weeks ago. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was yeah. longer than that. Okay. No, no, no. Well, maybe it was longer than that, but it wasn't that much longer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Like it was just like, oh, St. Miriam of Bethlehem, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I would always think like, well, I don't know anything about that saint. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And it's like, you know, what? maybe I should learn about this saint. And then finally after like the last time, I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> all right. Let's learn about St. Miriam of Bethlehem, and then mm-hmm. let's bore our listeners. We won't bore her because it's a pretty interesting story. It is an interesting story. And you, you actually read a book on, on her. I did. A whole book wow. on St. Miriam of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, uh, you know, it's like, anyway, let's just get into it. And All I'll right. just start rambling yeah. and, and just have the prelude and go into the actual facts. So St. Mary of <laughs> Bethlehem. Um, she was, uh, she was born in 1846. Mm-hmm. She died in 1878, 32 years of on yeah. this earth. That's yeah. all she had. She was, uh, she was born, uh, Miriam Bowardi. Bowardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? I think it is. Yeah. I think it's how I would say it. And then she was, uh, canonized. Um, uh, in seventeenth uh, of May in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having so, been beatified by John Paul II before correct. that. Correct. So yeah. well, you're up on this nineteen. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, Miriam was orphaned um, at the age of three. All of her older brothers and sisters, um, her her parents had like an astonishing amount of children, but none of them survived. She's like the, I think I read she's the 13th and, and the right. 12th preceding. None of them survive infancy. I mean, you can imagine the heartbreak for the parents. Right. In fact, her parents went to Bethlehem mm-hmm. um, to plead to the Blessed Mother yeah. uh, to, uh, you know, to have children that would survive. And, and Miriam then, it was, then uh, came about and they named her after the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And then her brother... Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years later, was born, yep. and he survived, and he lived a long life. Mm-hmm. Um, but One of the things kind of cool too about that pilgrimage to Bethlehem is the parents walked the entire way, seventy miles. Seventy miles. Yeah, yeah. No Uber. No Uber at that time. No, right. <laughs> just, they just hoofed it. <laughs> they hoofed it. Yeah, but, but that's some dedication. 
to yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then sadly, her parents uh, died when she was three. And they and they both like got sick and died within just a few days of each other, which is heartbreaking. But. Right. The 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 thing that um, I connected with um, was that her father. Um, on his deathbed, mm-hmm. um, took Miriam into his arms, and then and then begged Saint Joseph, um, to be her father. Yeah, isn't that cool? Really that ties cool. in with our uh, kind of our Saint Joseph concept in year. Mm-hmm. You picked up on that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slow, but I you know if you lob it over the plate, well, I can sometimes hit it. <laughs> I wasn't trying to insult you. <laughs> I usually, <laughs> usually try. Yes, yes. <laughs> usually interested. successful. All right. But after her parents died, her, her uncle mm-hmm. and aunt um, took her, her brother um, was taken off by other uh, family, mm-hmm. and they were separated. And then um, when she was uh, 13, and I think her, uh, her, her uh, uncle and aunt were uh, Muslim. I'm oh, not sure about okay. that. I, I think I remember reading that. Okay. But she was in an arranged marriage when yeah. she was 13. and Which was kind of typical for the time. Right, know. which was typical for the time. Yeah. And the night before her wedding, um, she had an overwhelming sense that she should not get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, was um, didn't go through the wedding. It was severely beaten by her uncle yeah, because he was, was embarrassed and enraged by her. Right, right. And then soon after... She wrote to her brother, who was living in Nazareth, and asked him to come and visit her. And the this male servant that took the letter um, tried to... Uh, he was Muslim. He was Muslim. Yeah. And he tried to uh, marry her, the, the okay. servant, not the brother. The, the servant tried to marry Miriam, but then he also tried to convert her to Islam. He did. Yeah. He wanted her to convert to Islam and marry him, and she refused, and she said that mm-hmm. Christ was the only way. And so he slit her throat and I threw, know. Her in a, threw her in a ditch. I hate when that happens. You really did keep up with all this stuff. <laughs> I th- I'd read the book, and I don't know what you read. Well, I just read a few things on the internet, but, you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, Actually, all right, I'll be honest. Over the weekend, I read 10 separate books on her. Just really? I, no, no, well, no. Why don't you take I over? Don't, I don't even know if there are 10 books. I mean, her life is pretty short, you know, but... Uh, it yeah, is. But keep going. You're on a roll. Oh, thank you. I'm so he dumps better. the body in an alley, and then what? Um, so she's literally, you know, dying in yeah. this ditch, and she's found by a nun, who um, uh, dressed in blue, no less. Dressed in blue, and um, uh, takes care of her until she's healed. Takes care of her for a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Miriam uh, claims that it was the Blessed Mother after this right. was over with. Right. And she was the one who um, uh, healed, helped her heal, and, and brought mm-hmm. her back, and mm-hmm. um, told her that he gave her some insight on what was going on with her life, and that she was going to become a nun and. Um, all these things, and then and then she she disappeared after a month. Mm-hmm. So she um, um, she uh, originally tried to. She was studying with the sisters of Saint Joseph, mm-hmm. and before she was going to take her final vows, it was put up to a vote, and there was 
Um, or I think it was her simple. I think it was just her simple vows after being a postulant. Yeah, right. yeah. Just or just to be a novice, even to become a novice. Right, just right. to be a novice, and yeah. and they uh, rejected her. Right. And and said, nope, you're not uh, you're not a good fit for here. Mm-hmm. And so she um, she was later accepted by the Carmelites, mm-hmm. and uh, it became uh, Mary uh, of Mary of the Resurrected Jesus. I think it's Jesus crucified, actually. Jesus, Jesus crucified. Thank yeah. you. That's okay. I couldn't find my notes. I was, I was riffing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, crucifixion Jesus and resurrection crucified. go together usually, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Jesus crucified. There we go. All right. Um, Which actually then, is pretty appropriate given all the suffering that she went through. But uh, anyway, we'll be yeah, and it, it just was beginning. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, the, the intriguing things that I pulled out from the book about her, um, was that, um, Satan, um, really not a fan. No. Did you read this too? Well, there was in one of the articles that I read, they've made reference to that, but why don't you, the book probably went into more detail. What did, what did you find out? So it was very Job-esque, according to this mm. book. Uh-huh. That Satan, Satan, who was really bugged, uh, bugged by her, called her the little Arab, mm. um, went before God and asked for 40 days um, to mm-hmm. uh, basically torture Miriam yeah. to tempt her. Yeah. And all he wanted to do, this is, this is, this is the part that uh, is crazy, all he wanted to do, his, he would consider it a success, is if she complained once. Ah, uh, wow. Okay, so this would have been like five minutes with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably say five seconds, knowing you. But yeah, okay. Wow. Well, you're, well, let's say five minutes just to be <laughs> generous. It's interesting when I take a shot at myself, and you're like, "No, nope, not good enough." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're being way too kind, if fellows. If it's any comfort, it would be five nanoseconds for me. So don't or milliseconds. So don't. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, according to the story, about halfway through, uh, Satan goes back before the Lord and says, "I can't do this anymore. It's 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 uh, hurting me too much. Um, she's beating me." Uh-huh. And and so, but the Lord says, "Yes, for forty days." You'd taken 40 days. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so he, just, he just throws Satan back at Miriam for her to beat on him for another, you know, another couple of weeks. Wow. Like, no, I didn't, I, that's funny. None of that, that didn't come up in my, that's my reading. Crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and she just did it all through um, humility mm-hmm. and obedience. That was it. Those were the two big things in her life. Yeah, being yeah. completely humble. When she was prior to becoming a nun, she was working for various homes. She got yeah um, sent to uh, Marseille mm-hmm. and, and was um, a cook um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Uh, one family. And then and the story says that um, if if she was getting too liked as a cook, she'd just pick up and leave in the middle of the night and go work for somebody else. Wow. Wow. She didn't want any attention drawn to herself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even as a sister, I think she uh, she wanted to remain like a lay sister, meaning kind of the, I guess, a more humble, you know, a sort of a second class member of the order. And uh, 
so yeah, and and she, you know, she kept getting. I mean, you mentioned that she wasn't accepted with the Sisters of Saint Joseph when she wanted to be a novice. And um, one thing that we haven't said is she she had a lot of mystical experiences and, and even had the stigmata. And so some some other sisters thought this was sort of of demonic origin, and they were very uh, you know suspect of her. And so it was another way in which she was kind of humbled and encountered suffering. I mean, when you just, yeah, do, as you look over her whole life, I mean, from day one with the loss of all these siblings that she never knew, and then her, her parents, parents die, right, within days of each other when she's three, and then the abuse from her uncle and this other, uh, you know, this Muslim man who wanted her to convert. And then she, she had hoped to see her brother, and she never actually did see him again. So they, once they separated, they never saw each other again. Um, so all these losses and then um, just being misunderstood, even though she's, apparently she not only got the stigmata, but she even levitated and just had really some profound, you know, ecstasies and all that. So, well, yeah, very uh, reminiscent of Padre Pio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. I and mean, she would go into states of ecstasy for mm -hmm. days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and would just, you know, be laying on the ground in a state of ecstasy and yeah. would hop out of it for a moment or two and then, you know, mm -hmm. then she'd be back in it. And, and she would, um, she was, a, she was a, a witness to heaven, hell and purgatory. Then, oh, okay. um, blessed mother took her to, or there were Jesus. One of the two, uh, showed her the visions of all three. Mm -hmm. Um, she, uh, she said, um, this I found intriguing. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about this. Um, but when she was talking about heaven, she said uh, she would recount a parable stating that the most beautiful trees in heaven have had sinned the most on earth, but they use their sin like fertilizer at the foot of their tree. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's intriguing. You know, it's interesting that she used that image because I've, uh, I know like on retreats that I preach, sometimes I will... You, I will say that our sins are like manure in that they're kind of the, you know, they're the stinkiest part of us or the worst part of us, but they can be used by God to uh, bring about, you know, they can become fertilizer basically and bring about beauty, a beautiful well, garden. She says manure. So, I, I cleaned it up for us. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but, but, you, but yeah, it's you, a, it's a, it's a cleaning image. it up and <laughs> you were more accurate about it. Well, I know I say manure too. I don't, I don't go any farther than that, but um, yeah, yeah, no. And it, it just to think, I mean, I think that is a really important lesson for, all of us that, you know, while we don't want to obviously encourage sinning to know that the worst thing we can do, which is sin because it offends God and dehumanizes ourselves, that God can bring great good from that. And in fact, I, I just read and I have subscribed to this Magnificat uh, publication that has like every month they have all the mass readings and everything. And just on Sunday, yesterday, there was a meditation by a a Mexican uh, bishop who's now a servant of God, so he might, maybe he'll be beatified someday. And uh, he talked about the fact that, um, you know, our sins, that, that what is, you know, sort of by definition, the most evil thing we can do, which is to sin, that in heaven, we're going to see how God actually brought great good out of our sins. Um, and in the same way that, um, you know, God like brought, out of Adam and Eve's sin and their fall, he brought about 
uh, a new, you know, the, the new Eve and the new Adam. And just as, um, you know, all these uh, religious authorities that put Jesus to death, um, I mean, killing Jesus, killing God is the worst thing we can do. And yet out of that comes the resurrection and salvation. And then in the early centuries of the church, you've got all these emperors who are killing all these Christians, which again is hugely evil, but that out of that comes glorious martyrdom and inspiration for us. So in the same way, our own sins, um, as, as awful as they are, can be used by God to keep us, well, to keep us humble. That's one of the right. things we're emphasizing today. Um, and, and keep us dependent on him and having to go back to him for mercy. And so anyway, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of cool that, that she, or anyway, that just, that, that's kind of basically what I, what I wanted to leave it at. But I just think it's good for us to remember that, that, um, you know, our sins, as long as they're brought to the cross, they can actually bring about fruit, good virtue. Nope, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's what she's saying through the whole thing, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it's it's really, it's, she's, I mean, my whole, it's like we we kind of focus on, like, the most famous saints. Yeah. And, and there's, there may be some saints that are more, quote, unquote, powerful than other mm-hmm. saints, but mm-hmm. that's not a lot of them, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I think that once you hit sainthood, um, that's a you know that's a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and fo- I like the idea of focusing on some of the lesser known saints because mm-hmm. they're no less powerful, right? They're no right. less helpful to us on earth mm-hmm. um, than the saints that uh, that that we know well or we know exactly. better. Exactly. And she's a recent saint, you know, nineteenth century saint, um, right? And so maybe over time, her story will become uh, better known. I mean, it is pretty fascinating. I mean, uh, both the amount of suffering she endured and then um, all of the mystical graces she was given, uh, you know. So anyway, yeah, I, I hope, I'm glad we're talking about her. And I do hope that more people maybe um, after the podcast will take some time to find out more about her life. Well, we'll link the book. That'll be our things that we like today. Okay, that sounds good. Um, but uh, I was I was out I had hired a, a tree trimmer to come out and take care of our ash tree in the front uh-huh. yard. It's uh-huh. very old and was not taken care of. And um, there was a crew of about seven or eight people that were uh-huh. out there, and they're, um, t- you know, they're they're in ropes and they're climbing the trees and they're swinging all over the place. And I was like, nope, can't do that anymore. That's not uh, that's not something I'm going to be able to do. So I was hired. I was happy to hire him, but I was thinking about um, the Im- the imagery of of um, Saint Miriam levitating in the lime tree, and they would say mm. that she would just be floating as if she was sitting on like the the lightest branch right, on right. there. And I was like, well, maybe she could have been a good tree pruner. I don't know. <laughs> These guys are swinging around right. cutting my tree up. It just right. made me start thinking. Right. About, I don't know why. It just made me start thinking about St. Miriam. But she also, um, along with uh, Padre Pio, um, she was able to, um, I don't know what it's called, when uh, you can look at somebody and then tell them the sins that they oh, didn't, yeah. didn't share in yeah, confession yeah. that they should. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. He What's can, that called? He, uh, well, they usually, I, the expression I've always heard is they can read souls. Yes. Yeah, so. so she was able to do that, and she would do that with um, <laughs> would, some of the I novices. Would no, that would I would go nowhere near her. I would stay as far away as possible. <laughs> 
Or I'd I'd only approach her if I was wearing one of those lead vests that you have at the dentist, you know, so she could not see through my through my soul. But really, she would do this with with, uh, with novices, huh? Yeah, it, like she was. Uh, they they were recounting a story where she was talking with one of the novitiates, and and she had just gone to confession, and um, but she was still feeling unsettled. And and Miriam looked at her and said, "Well, did you tell him about this?" <laughs> Which has got to be shocking. I know. I know right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Yeah, and so she went back to confession. She felt a lot better. <laughs> so that's all good. That's that's very good. I also read that uh, St. Miriam was very devoted to the Holy Spirit and yes. had a kind of a, and wrote some prayers um, to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, again, that's. Kind of basic, but it's good for us to be reminded. I think the Holy Spirit is, you know, of the three persons of the Trinity, we often kind of overlook the Holy Spirit. We, we concentrate more easily on the Father and Jesus. But yep. And part of it is the Holy Spirit, you know, it's imaged as a, a dove or as fire um, or as wind for a reason because it's kind of more elusive and... Um, and yet everything that we do as Christians is it should be lived in the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's a good reminder that we too should invoke the Holy Spirit uh, regularly as we go about our daily life and entrust things, you know, call upon the Holy Spirit's inspiration and, and entrust things to the Spirit's guidance and so forth. So so one of the dumb things that I do, I mentioned this in men's group, I don't think I mentioned it in the podcast, mm. but one of the dumb things that I do is um, if I'm driving around, running to appointments or running errands, um, at various times in my life, I will pick um, something that when I see it, it reminds me to um, say say a word of praise. And then I'll rotate between God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, So I'm trying to get, you know, equal praise to all Mm -hmm. three. That's As my nice. day goes on. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So, right. That's uh, it's like it's pl- like playing I Spy with my little eye, but <laughs> no, it's rare. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things that you may not have read, and this is um, pretty mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we know that she had um, the stigmata, right? Um, uh, so she died at thir- at thirty two. Um, oh, cancer? Was, sure. No, not a cancer. Well, gang- it said that. Well, gangrene. Gangrene. I guess it spread to her lungs. That's not cancer. No, that's true. It isn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, then why why did one of my articles say cancer? But you're right. It was. She. Had, oh, I, she had a fall. Right. She right. fell. She fell and down the she stairs got and broke her arm. And then that she spread was, to her lungs. Okay. She was bringing drinks uh, to oh, workers. Yeah. She was helping people out. Yeah. And then she died a few days later. Okay. Uh, from gangrene, but but right. hours after her death, and I don't know why anybody would think about doing this. But hours after her death, um, she was brought to a physician okay. who removed her heart. Oh, geez, I didn't read that. Okay. Yeah, and they found, not only did they find scars on her hands and her feet from stigmata, from stigmata. Mm-hmm. but they found a scar 
um, that from a wound that would have been produced by a large metal blade in wow. her heart. Oh my goodness! Wow. So sort of the the imitation of the lance in Jesus's heart. Right. Wow. Well, yeah, I was hoping you'd catch that. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you said large metal metal blade, then I kind of put the two together. Wow. Nothing gets past you, you Nothing crazy Jesuit. I know. <laughs> I, am pl- I am running on all cylinders today, believe Seriously, me. Seriously, I am really impressed. <laughs> okay. But that was like, that just wow. blew me away. Yeah. Like one, yeah. what would... what would possess somebody to be like, like if when I die, hmm. it's like, well, let's cut his heart out. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> should be weird. Yeah. yeah that's, wow. Well, and, and that, as you talk about this wound in her heart, I'm thinking back to her being, her throat being slit. And I guess yeah. um, they, one of, one of the things I read is that doctors later, when they saw the scar, they, they basically said she should have died from that yep. wound, you know? And so it kind of, again, there's something miraculous about her recovery and the fact that she later said that it was uh the blessed mother and um I don't, but that, you know for a whole month like i i can't i didn't read enough to know where exactly she was being cared for you know she was I didn't, it of, doesn't say it didn't it say in the say. book either yeah no i wonder where where she it actually talked about was, but, um the blessed mother making her soup and that mm. was really really good <laughs> I, so i would imagine, I, would imagine right? I can't imagine the blessed mother making right. soup that was like oh, was no okay. Right, right. I wonder what Any kind of Campbell's soup. Blessed Mother. Can we get some of that? Out? I don't think anybody would ever say I that. Know, I think that I, <laughs> Campbell's might have killed her, you know, but the mother, Blessed Mother soup is, is restorative. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, she is the uh, patron. Yeah, what's of she a patron peace. of? Of what? Peace. Oh, peace. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because so, she lived obviously in a part of the world where there was a lot of in the Middle right. East where there's a lot of tensions and she she had a vision of a bomb in the Vatican. Oh my! And then she shared that uh, vision with um, uh, officials at the Vatican, and they found it. She really? Actually, they oh my found God. the bomb okay. and, and had it removed, mm-hmm. and she so that saved Yikes. buildings okay. and lives. Yeah. 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 So one thing too that um, just is a little detail, but she's uh, a Greek Catholic, so that's a little different. She's not like a Latin Rite Catholic, but being right. she was born. So yeah, it gets kind of complicated. But in that part of the world, uh, you have Eastern Catholics, so they're they're fully Catholic. They're united with Rome, but they have their own kind of liturgy and their own spirituality and. Um, so she is a Melkite, like Greek Catholic, uh, but again, in a predominantly Muslim area. And so she had to deal with kind of that uh, right. reality of, you know, being somewhat persecuted. And um, yeah, but I, I guess I read she's only the second Greek Catholic to be canonized a saint. Hmm. Um, there was another one, uh, a man, uh, Joseph. Actually, here in, in, in Milwaukee, we have a, a really beautiful basilica um, called St. The man. Wow! All of a sudden, father just disappeared. You just disappeared. Oh, did I? Okay. For like, yeah. It was like we have a wonderful basilica named Saint. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I well. What happened is somebody texted me something, and I think that <sighs> I hate when that happens. I'll have to disable that somehow next You're time. You're too popular. I know. I'll tell me about it. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the point being that she's the second Greek Catholic to be canonized, and 
So anyway, a little detail. Oh, and then there's, so, I found out too, there's a elementary school named a kindergarten and an elementary school and a junior high school named uh, after her, I don't know where, somewhere in the Middle East, I imagine. But anyway. So she's tough to, we're going to, we'll, we'll leave a link to the book. Okay. Um, she's tough to find on the internet. I applaud you for your efforts because if you go with M-A-Y, M-A-R-Y-A-M, mm-hmm. which is how the book spells her name, you, you don't find anything. Like oh, okay, yeah. I mine they, mine was, mo, was spelled the sources I used all spelled it either M A R I A M or yeah. just Saint Mary of Jesus Crucified. Right, so. that's that's exactly right. That's yeah. those are the two ways to find okay. her on the internet. Okay. Otherwise, if you do, if you just go uh, Saint Miriam, uh, a little Arab, yeah. um, you get you get nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. So and but, little uh, Arab was the was that was the like derogatory term that Satan used for that her? was Satan's nickname for her. Okay. He really disliked her a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, not like any of us wants Satan to like us, but no. uh, <laughs> she caused him a significant. According to the book, she caused him a significant amount of pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, so. Anyway, um, right. I don't know why. Uh, she kept on popping up at my radar. I was, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have read the book and yeah. um, share her story with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I discovered her as well. And I uh, plan on kind of, I, in the morning as I'm getting ready for the day, I often invoke numerous saints. And so I will uh, begin to ask for her intercession. I don't know if she was paying attention to me and was like, hey, tell <laughs> something about me. Or yeah. this was just all coincidence, but uh, I don't I'm, know. I'm, it was a happy coincidence. It was, yeah. Nice job. Thanks. All right. Well, have we managed to once again fill up a a podcast that will hopefully edify we're, we're and inspire? Good. Yeah, we're right. about uh, forty minutes right now. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want. If there are um, saints that you think mm-hmm. would be cool for us to cover, yeah. Mail at toourgathered.com or come to our Facebook page. I don't know if anybody goes to our Facebook page. <laughs> I don't know. We, you and I do. That's about it. Well, yeah, we need to go to it more. We gotta, we gotta, yeah. gotta do more social media stuff. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you can't just rely on your good looks, Father. That's uh, not gonna be enough to get us through. Yeah, those days are long gone. <laughs> if they ever existed. If they ever existed. All right. Do you want to pray for us, Father? Sure. Happy to do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we glorify you and praise you today. We're grateful for this opportunity to hold up uh, a a wonderful saint of our church, and we ask that we might have the humility that uh, Saint Miriam uh, exhibited in her own life, Help us to be uh, hidden and humble and to direct and orient everything in our life towards your glory. We also ask that uh, with her intercession, we might bear whatever crosses or sufferings you permit in our lives. And I ask that the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon our listeners and remain with them forever. And Saint Miriam, pray for us. All right. Amen. Amen. Very good. Well, thanks, Jim, for bringing her to our attention. And we'll... Thank you, Father. We're, we're, we're going to go. There's our closing Excellent. Music.
All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Take care, folks. Uh, get into uh, uh, 33 Days of Morning Glory. Amen. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.